Greetings, and welcome to the RPG Review Board Podcast. You're listening to episode 21. In this episode, we join two of the judges in Chambers. We listen in to a conversation in progress in which judges Trey and Heidi talk about the experience for players in RPGs, how they approach an RPG from a player's perspective, what they look for in character creation, and their general perspectives when they are presented with a new RPG system. Join us as the board convenes in support of the betterment of tabletop gaming. Come now the honorable representatives of the RPG Review Board. So here we are. We are both players, and when we sit down at the table with the group of us that do the podcast together, you and I always play. We never yes. we never riff. Mm-mm. I want to talk. Let's, let's let's talk a little bit about what that means, why we do it, and what it means that we do it. What do you do when you find out you're about to play a new game? When I find out, yeah. Um, well, you know, so again, it always has to start from a place of interest and passion, you know, and excitement. Like, hey, do I even want to do this? Um, mm-hmm. In the past, when I've played longer um, campaigns with friends, yeah, of course. And then with with you guys, it's been it's been a blast because we tend to play shorter runs of mm-hmm. things. Sure. But it's always exciting because you guys are all pretty experienced players, so I know that whatever we're trying, we're all going into this with a pretty good spirit and pretty open mind. Yeah. Like, hey, I don't know. You know, sometimes some of us have played it. Sometimes none of us have even touched it. Mm-hmm. I believe the game. We last played, um, we was brand new, so it's been right. kind of a blast, you know, to mm. get into that. Um, I think for me, I just uh, instantly just kind of ask, okay, what is it and why are we doing this? Like, I want a, a little bit of detail. Yeah, we always end up get the, getting the rules ahead of time. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's in a PDF or physically or whatever, do you carefully read those before the first session? No, I don't tend to... Well, because sometimes we'll have a PDF that's like, you know, 300, 400 pages. Well, sure. So, <laughs> right. I'm not going to go through all of that. Um, I do... I very much like to look uh, at the PDF and look at kind of... Or if someone has a physical book, I like to look at that and look at the artwork that has come with this. I like to look at the layout of how this, you know, game design looks that's always interesting to me because sometimes you get some really cool yeah. kind of layout and stuff, right? I mean, and that's a huge part of it. Yeah. Well, do, do you do that because because it helps you somehow or do you do that just because it's fun? Uh, both, I think. For me, I, I think it's fun. I like looking at that, you know, art, the drawings and the art that goes with the game. But I also, uh, I find it interesting to kind of get my mind set into like, okay, this is what they're going for. This is clearly a little, sometimes it's like, okay, this game's clearly a little more cartoonish and comical okay this game's maybe leaning towards classic fantasy you know stuff so that helps me i also definitely like to look at the opener um details for any kind of a a game you know a lot of times there's a quick summary or uh here's the world setting yeah that helps me i don't know what about you what do you think about that yeah i I like looking at the art because it, if it's done right, it really sets the mood for the game. So, yes, yeah, so the, the, the art really 
can can set a mood, set a tone. I, I like to read the character creation rules because that also lets me know what it's going to be like to live in this world, right? Okay. How you build a character tells you a lot about how you're going to play, obviously. Okay. You know, uh, whether you're going to have, you know, a very specific set of stats. Some of, the, some of the games that we've played for this podcast have had really, I guess, loose rules. They've been really more impressionistic rules-wise than like Dungeons & Dragons, where you've got this very concrete set of stats, and they tell you very specifically what you're able to do, and there's not a lot, mm -hmm. of, there's not a lot of wiggle room in there. So, so, so I do that to prepare. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you about the art. The art does a lot for me. Yeah, I, I agree. And I do understand what you're saying about the character creation. Mm -hmm. um, because certainly you can definitely tell sometimes some of these games, they want it to be real quick, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, this is clearly a game where it's meant to be played fast. Just jump into it. It's going to probably be high action. So mm -hmm. that's, yeah, I agree with you there. So That's always kind of interesting. Yeah, and what we do with the podcast is mm -hmm. different from a normal game you might get into that's going to last for months, you hope, right? Right. So it's completely different when I'm preparing for a game like that. Sure. I mean, I, like, I, I think I said this uh, before. Like, if I'm playing a long-term game with mm. friends, I, I'll definitely... I have found that most of the time, whoever's DMing, GMing the game will give a little bit of a, hey, here's your world, here's mm -hmm. a background, you know, without giving away the, the arc we're getting into, but give just enough to be like, okay, you know, here's where we are. And, and that's helpful. And yeah. that's helpful. Oftentimes, because of, you know, to save on time, we don't do that with the way we do this right. as RPG review board. Mm -hmm. We don't. We don't have time. And... And it's not necessary because a lot of these characters, we're just going to be playing for a few weeks, so we don't mm -hmm. necessarily develop them too much. But I know that uh, everybody has, that Adam, um, Case, and Nathan, when they have, they've all been pretty great about, hey, here's a little bit of detail for you just so you have, you know, a nice background. If, you were, if you're playing a regular game, not for mm -hmm. the podcast... Okay. How much advanced prep do you do for your character? Do you just roll one up and go? Or do you spend a lot of time thinking about backstory and motivations and things like that? This is a character that you hope to be playing for a long time. Sure. Um, I probably, you know, cause I think in the past when I've played with people for games like that, I maybe think for a week or two loosely on it and then I'll just sit down one day for like an you know an hour or two mm -hmm. and just get it get it all out open books and kind of look at what I need and kind of look at a little more detail for oh this is you know the race of this this is what I could do with this oh these are some really cool spells for example if I yeah. choose this character later down the line I bet I could do this and that'd be awesome so I might dig into it a little more for, for long-term characters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it really depends on how things grab me. Mm -hmm. Like when I first hear about a new campaign, you know, that some friend of mine has got that they want to set us off on, sometimes what they tell me in advance will get me going, yeah, this is going to be cool. We'll, I'll, you know, we'll roll up a character. This is going to be a lot of fun. And sometimes my mind latches onto this thing and... 
I can't wait for the first session, and I have been known to write like pages of backstory for a character. Oh, just sit down and just pound away at this thing just to get it out of my head. You know. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and you know the weird thing about that is I haven't thought about it until just this second, but now that I think about it, I think every time I've ever had the idea just completely possess me and I, you know, do that thing where I way over prepare and I write all this care. Mm -hmm. usually, usually those campaigns don't last more than a session or two. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I know uh, <laughs> a, a friend of mine, oh, no. a, a friend of mine uh, put together a basically Cowboy Cthulhu campaign mm -hmm. and he you know encouraged us to write roll up our characters in advance and and write some backstory and send send him the backstory that, that we put together and I, <laughs> this is one of those things you know I, I like lovecraft a lot and yeah. for some reason this idea just enchanted me right and so i created this amazing backstory and you know poured all this <laughs> <laughs> not not that I sweated over it. I mean, I, I did, but it was for fun. It was not because I thought it was right. necessary. So it's right. not like I'm put upon or anything. I enjoyed it a lot. But, you know, he'd asked us to mail, mail him our backstories, and I mailed him this thing. And <laughs> he sent me an email back going, sorry, man, I don't read five-page backstories. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that's man. intense, Trey. <laughs> Turns out a... everybody else had sent him, like, four sentences, right? Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that's intense. Yeah. That's uh, I mean, that's 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 passion and that's love for well, your yeah. character. But yeah, that's a lot. And it was good. It was good fun. And I ended up thinking, you know, one of these days I may turn this into a story. You know, because it was oh, a lot of go. fun writing it, and I really loved the character. And we played. We played one session, and then oh, we just no. kind of left it behind, and it never came okay. up again. And I mean, that one session we played was fun. It was yeah. really fun. For me, at least. And then, yeah, yeah. We, we, we never picked it up again. Some, I don't even remember. Something weird happened. and Yeah. Mm -hmm. Th that happens. That happens a lot. <laughs> I will definitely say, like, I've played um, campaigns in the past where I had a buddy running the game that said, hey, anybody who... We had already developed characters and been playing a few sessions, but it was kind of a, a cool offering that he put out there. It was like, hey, uh -huh. anybody who wants to write some additional background and you know fill in a little bit more about their character now that we've been playing for a little bit mm -hmm. he was like i will let you do that and then you can level up if you write a good background. oh interesting know? so which yeah he was you know like he you know he took that and kind of it was a cool way you know to offer up like hey if yeah. you think about this a little more like because we had been playing for a while and it was like if you if you want to add this to the experience you've already got in the game and then just add a little more detail so that i can build the story more around that like it was just a nice uh symbiotic you know relationship yeah, that's there a, that that's we a were cool able. idea yeah, I like that worked. a lot. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was. I think it helped all of us, and I think he liked it too because it gave him more to kind of be like, ah, sweet, I can throw these little background things. Yeah, I think, like, I think for example, in that particular, it was a D and D game, and my character was a dragonborn, and I had to come up with the background of how I had, you know, what, you know, just kind of where my people had come from. And, mm -hmm. That kind of stuff. And so, you know, some of that stuff, he was like, sweet, I can use this now. Yeah. Like, down the road, you know, so. Cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, I definitely dig that stuff. Some of my favorite characters have been the ones that I thought about the least, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I honestly, even in some of the games we've played, where I'm just like, I'm not going to think about this. I'm not going to even pick anything ahead of time. Mm -hmm. I think a, a few sessions ago, we had a game where I, you could, the op, there were options to roll for every. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just did it. And I was like, you know what? This is a blast, actually. Yeah. I loved it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's kind of fun to have them sort of grow with the campaign. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, in spite of the fact that I sometimes do this obsessive thing, it's really a lot of fun to have like a character who's a blank slate at the beginning of the campaign. And then mm -hmm. as you go along, you find out, so to speak, about who this person is and what, what he wants. And yeah. yeah, I think so. Okay, so I have a question for you. Okay. Um, when someone drops a game on you that you maybe have never heard of or played before, mm -hmm. Do you ever like to read like reviews for it, or do you consider that to be too spoily, or that it might, you know, kind of tarnish what you think? You know, like if they, if, if a reviewer hates it, you think you might go into it thinking, oh, mm. this is going to suck? Yeah, no, okay. So under normal circumstances, it honestly never occurred to me mm, okay. to, to, to read a review. I never really thought about reading reviews until we started doing the podcast. Oh, okay. And yeah. and then when we had a new game coming down the pike, I thought about reading reviews and I decided it might prejudice me. Mm, so yeah. I've never actually done that. I've never actually sat down and sometimes after an, after we've all passed our judgment, I'll yeah. then go back and read and see what other people thought and see how they matched up with us. But uh, usually I don't do it. I'm the same way. I like to hear what my... Because, you know, we're all friends. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like to hear... And we're all friends and I trust everyone's opinions. Um, so I like to actually kind of hear what you guys have to say. Or my friends, other friends I play with, what they have to say. But yeah, I don't like to read a lot of other reviews about stuff. I definitely have looked after, you know, I've been surprised sometimes because I'm like, oh, I didn't get this at all. Like, I love this part and this person hated it. So I'm like, I'm glad I didn't see this. Yeah, uh, isn't, that, isn't that funny? So <laughs> yeah, yeah how, how often are you surprised by what other people think? Um, I would say for the most part, uh, I, I agree with most things that I've seen about games, but okay. there's been a couple. There's been a couple that I'm like, I didn't really love this game the way that these people seem to love it, you mm -hmm. know, or, so, you know, so I would say for the most part, I'm pretty like in, in agreement with most of the stuff I see, but I'm also as, as evidenced by, um, the podcast, I pretty much, it's hard to like make me hate something. I don't think <laughs> I've given, I don't think I've really given anything a fail yet, you know? <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I was surprised when, when, you know, Adam puts together all those stats on us. Uh, mm -hmm. And I was really surprised when he first posted that stuff after we'd been reviewing for a while. And I tended to, to rate games really low. And I always thought I was taking it easy on people. <laughs> and, you know, what? once it was lined up for me, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm really pretty hard ass about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I was. You know, I, yeah, I'm nothing compared to Case, you know. But <laughs> I know. Well, what, <laughs> a, what a curmudgeon, that guy. you know. Mikey, he hates everything. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Have you ever have you ever you know read a review and just thought did this guy and I play the same game? It it doesn't seem to be matching my experience at all. Um, maybe I think 
you uh, you had referenced the game earlier. I think if think was it Troika? You were Troika. About? That's Troika? the one. Was that the one we were talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we uh, uh, that one I thought was just kind of. Uh, I think I read some stuff and it was very positive, and I was like, I don't know, maybe I didn't give that one the, the you know. No, the no. Proper... I think you. I think you definitely gave Troika a fair shake. You know. I tried. I once we yeah. once we got in there, you know, once we got into the city. And mm-hmm. you know when we were playing, there were all those cats and everything. You you were you were kind of into. You seemed to me to be into it. I was kind of I'm surprised. All about, oh yeah, I'm all about a land of cats. I mean, well, that's yeah. free. No, you know? but, <laughs> but that game was definitely a little like, oh okay, it was just a little different. It was a little challenging. You were you were not crazy easy. about that game, but you seemed to be having fun. I was interested when you when <laughs> when you when you didn't like that. I was like. Now, I knew you didn't start out liking it. No, no, and it grew on me. Um, so I didn't hate it. I think I still passed it. You know? Did you? But okay. yeah, mm. I'm pretty sure. I don't think I have failed a game yet. Well, all right. Um, I don't think I have. Uh, don't quote me on that. You're that teacher everyone wants to get. Yeah, right? Because I'm yeah, i a sucker. I'll pass anything, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, no, I don't know. I don't know. Nah. <laughs> Uh, all right, so I got two different questions for you that are that are, that are closely related. So, sure. what makes a game system fun for you? A, system, oh. a set of rules. What makes a set of rules really work for you? Um, I think for me, I don't want stuff that's overly convoluted and complex. I just don't like if you're being wordy and complex just for the sake of trying to be complex or trying to do something different. I find that tiresome. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's just like, if it takes you a million years just to learn a game and you have to play through it several times just to get used to it, Mm -hmm. I don't think that's fun. I, I just, I don't enjoy that. And I'm not saying the game has to be super dumbed down or incredibly easy. It doesn't have to be, but I just, I don't like it when people, when things are just unnecessarily long and mm. long-winded and that kind of just convoluted, I guess. You started like eh. you started out playing Pathfinder, didn't you? I did, and I had never. So when I very started, very first started playing, that was before Fifth Edition D and D had come out, and so I started playing with some friends who had had they had played D and D growing up and got away from it because they felt that it was getting too overly you know, long-winded and complex. And then they went to Pathfinder? And they they went and they played Pathfinder, but the version of Pathfinder we were playing, I think they were like, well, it's at least better than D&D right now. And it was kind of the general consensus, which I didn't know. You know, at the time, I just was like, sure, I'll jump into it. I didn't know. And then after that, played 5th edition, and I was like, oh, I think I like this better than Pathfinder. This seems... Mm. way better and then after that i think i played uh like call of cthulhu and was like oh i think i like wow there's a lot more stuff out there and i think that started opening the gates for me as far as there's a ton of stuff out there that's not just D&D. Like, D&D mm-hmm. is great. You want to play D&D? Awesome. I love D&D. I have no issues with D&D. Uh, but i didn't realize i think until call of cthulhu that it was like and I was at a friend's mm. house and saw just how many games they had that I was like, man, there is a whole world of stuff out here that is very different. Some of it, I mean, as we've proven time and time again, we love a lot of games that just are a D6 sure. game, right? A lot of, you know, like 
I don't know, your, your tiny D6 yeah. type games that are super fun and you can get into them mm -hmm. so quickly, so easily. And I'm like, you know what? That to me is the sweet spot. Yeah. Of just, you know, yeah. Yeah. People talk a lot about D6 games and I understand where they're coming from, but mm -hmm. I wonder whether D6 game is a good descriptor. You know, I, I'm not sure that, I mean, if a game uses all D6, uses all D6s, which many of these games mm -hmm. do, and when people say a D6 game, they usually mean, you know, this is a really fast and easy game to learn. Why would, if, yeah. what, what if you had a D8 game that just used D8s, right? It would be just as simple, you know? No, you're right, you're right. I think D6, I mean, it's just almost become interchangeable, I think, with rules light, yeah, if you will. Yeah, I think so. It's, I, that's I, I think, um, I think that's just, I mean, it's just the die you have the most of, right? Sure. In your, in your, in your bag, right? So I think that's... You've already, you've already raided your, your mom's Yahtzee set to take all the dice out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? So yeah, I think rules light is maybe, you're right, that's probably a better term. I, I, yeah, I think those games are just, but it just does make it easier when it's just like, hey, this is it, you don't have to constantly be asking okay what what do i roll here what do i do you yeah. know what do i do? okay what do i okay i roll a 10 for this i roll 20 for this i roll you know i think it does just make it a far more easy thing to approach and especially for us because we often are kind of pressed for time we're trying to play through these games a few times and then move on to something else so that makes it easier when you have a rules light game sure. a d6 if you will mm -hmm. it just makes it easier yeah. but i i think for me it's it makes for a lot of fun to just quickly get into something i find when um something takes too long to understand or get into i i will start to lose interest mm -hmm. unless it's a great storyline sure you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah we're just talking <laughs> so, about rules right now because yeah uh, yeah so i like it a lot of people say this. I know I'm not alone here, and I'm not hitting on any new territory, but I like it when the rules get out of the way and just let me play the game. Uh, th okay, that's, yeah. That's one of the things I love about Savage Worlds. You know, hmm. it's, it's no great secret that Savage Worlds is one of my favorite systems out there, and it's because it gets out of the way. You know, you, once you've learned the basics, you've got it. You know, everything, everything fits within the same sort of system and... You know, all, all of the eventualities that you might encounter all sort of work on the same system. And once you've got yeah. it, it's just, it's out of the way. You can just play, you sure. roll your dice, off you go. When I was learning to play d and the, the first system I learned was first edition Advanced Dungeons and & Dragons. And okay. I guess I was young enough that it just seemed natural. You know, it... It's pretty arcane looking back at it. There are lots mm. of little subsystems and different things that work different ways. And, you know, the armor class is the lower the better. And, you know, your stats are the higher the better. And it, everything just seemed natural to me. It's like, well, of course that's the way it is. And when I, when I was in junior high, I would try making my own games. And they were all essentially just, you know pastiches of Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> you know, right. I'd change the names of things and, you know, maybe try a new one thing here or there. Basically, they'd all just be D&D. Uh, did you find that stuff easier? Like, I don't know. Did you find that easier to prepare for as a player than you do now? Like these kind of faster games? Yeah, no. It, what are your thoughts? Well, well the, the reason I even brought that up at all is just to say that once I moved away from that and... 
I think role-playing games moved along as well, and they all got a little mm-hmm. bit less complicated. But uh, once I moved away from Dungeons and & Dragons and started finding these other systems, like eventually Savage Worlds, but you know mm-hmm. others as well, I, I really liked uh, Chill. Chill was a cool game. I liked that a lot. Um, okay. Yeah. There, there, there was Time Master, and there was Chill, and they were all sort of based on the same system. This was a long time ago. But uh, there was this one table on the back did everything. You know, whether it was your attack, any kind of success or failure thing, it was all figured on one table. And I thought that seemed so elegant to me. And, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and, and I, still, I still like that a lot. Okay. So, okay, next question related to that one. What makes a campaign fun for you? Right? So, Ooh. yeah. So as opposed to the game rules, forget those. Um, when you sit down at a, at a GM's table to play her game... And, you know, she's created this world and you're, you're going to play in it. Mm-hmm. Some are better than others. What, what makes a campaign setting and a campaign storyline fun for you? Well, I mean, that's a combination of a, a few things, right? G, you know, GM and player alike. And then the, the game itself. You know, you got to have a, a decent game and, and rules that, for me, don't get... Like I said, All right, yeah. forget, forget, too crazy. forget about the rules. Right, right. But I think a good, I think, so I think as a player, I always try and keep in mind the balance of you want to have a character that's developed enough to lend to the narrative storyline mm-hmm. and then vague enough to roll with whatever punches that GM is going to throw at me. Sure. So I think, I think to me, it has to be like a two-part thing that the GM has to have a good narrative okay. and a good, a good idea of where they want to go and what big kind of, you know, narrative punches they want to hit mm-hmm. along the way. But then they also clearly have to be flexible enough to be like, uh-oh, I didn't see them going through this door and they've done it and now i got to roll with that and how to get them back on track mm-hmm. to get them, you know, whatever, down the tunnel and into this particular chamber. Okay. Right? Like, so I think, I think it's a two-parter thing that... It, Good game has to be a, a GM that's flexitive and creative, and a player that's flexitive, Flex, flexible, flexible. Did I say? I mean, we, I can't we, talk. We won't talk flexible, about that. Flexible, flexible. Yeah, I, I think a GM. We won't that's talk about flexitive. Flexitive. Yeah, I don't even. Know, that sounds like something you might need. Um, a, a cream yeah, to take care of, right? Yeah, yeah. right. Right. <laughs> but I, I think it, it, it is a balance of you got to have a, a GM who's flexible and creative, and a player who's flexible and creative. Okay. You know, and and both of them kind of prepared with a good, you know, a, a strong background that's willing to kind of, you know, think on the spot. Okay. And, you know, so so yeah. the GM needs to be a good improviser for you and yeah. and, and not just railroad you along as, as the terminology is. Just basically, you know, there's this straight line that you're going to follow and, you know, there's no deviating from it. So how about the setting itself? What makes a setting compelling for you? A good setting? Um... Well, I mean, we all have our favorites, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I know for me, I tend to love anything that's kind of, you know, fantasy realm, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. You're in, you know, mythic lands with dragons and sure, grit and griffins and that kind of, you know, <laughs> Gotta who, have who the knows what. Right, who knows what in the woods or in the mountains beyond, right? Like, so I love that kind of stuff. I also have been a big fan of when we have 
played kind of futuristic space settings. Um, I think those have been fun as well. But again, that's just a different kind of frontier, right? Sure. Um, I like anything that specifically is more cinematic. Okay. We, how, know, how do you, like what anything. do you mean when you say cinematic? What does that mean to you? Well, I think, wasn't it, was it Savage Worlds that we played yeah. where we were the, okay. the kids? Sure, sure. And we were, it was very, it reminded me very much of like an Indiana Jones yep. kind of storyline. It, it, yeah, very pulpy. It read, to me, it was very, I could picture it. Like, for example, on that particular game, Case was our uh, GM and it was, he did a great job of kind of describing like the the whole setting of we were in a camp and just the you know the landscape and what we were and i really could picture it you know so okay now that, yeah now we're getting somewhere um so i i agree with you uh i've been playing at case's table for years he does describe things very well things are really immersive but you don't notice him like waxing poetic about these things you know no, uh no. he just you feel like you're there, so I want to get to the bottom of why that is. You know, what 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 do you think he does to make things immersive during that game? You know, we were playing kids that we 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 were kids at a, at a summer camp, and you know, we were following up on this adventure we decided that we were going to have as kids at a summer camp, and so you know, it was pretty palpable when we we're going through the woods, and it was dark and scary. I could picture it really well, and. Mm -hmm. I, some do that better than others, and I'm wondering what it is about Case that makes him so good at that. I mean, he's just good with description. Uh, he description, is. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, all right. He... I mean, honestly, to me, that's what it boils down. It's it's good, just quick description. Mm -hmm. For me, he, it lends well. I mean, all he had to, I think in that one, you know, we, we talked, he was like, oh, this is, yeah. Like when we talked about Indiana Jones, mm -hmm. he was like, yes, very much like that. Yep. Like this picture, which instantly I was like, okay, I'm there in my mind. Mm -hmm. Got it. You know, he, he described a few things that were just very easy to connect with. Yeah. I think. So, yeah. I've played at tables before where the GM has obviously worked really hard on these descriptions. They describe things very richly, and sometimes that works really well, but sometimes it falls flat for me, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and Case never does that, but it, th there's this sort of ease with which he's able to convey setting and environment that, you know, I don't know, I... I I find it really compelling, and I'd like to figure out how he does that, because that kind of leads me to my next question. Why do you never GM games? I don't want to. <laughs> I really don't. Do tell. I don't. I mean, I just don't. I, I in life, uh, I prefer to be more in the background in general. Okay. Um, that That's just me. I'm not a real big showboaty, get out there kind of person. I like kind of being part of a group, part of a team. Mm -hmm you know playing along um i don't necessarily want to run the show ever sure. i just like to kind of you know be there and help my fellow you know party members through sure that that's kind of my thing maybe at some point down the road i you know maybe i sure i would try it i think i've just never really had the desire sure fair to enough run the show i just want to kind of be there and be on the adventure with you all yeah yeah, that's fair. I don't know. What about what about you? I know you have done both. So, what's your preference? Yeah, well, I've been doing this for a long time, and when I was younger, I mean, much younger. You know, I I started this in the seventh grade. It was 1979, 
And after being a player for a few weeks in my friend Mark's campaign, I just decided that was the thing for me to do. And I, I DM'd all the time. I mean, oh, I almost okay. always, you know, when my friends and I played, not always, but almost always, we'd get together and, and I would be the one who was the DM. And I okay. generally just made stuff up as I went along. I never, I <laughs> okay. never had a destination. I never, you know, I, we would just set off, and I, yeah, I'd just make it up as I went along. And, okay, man. Uh, and everyone always wanted me to DM, so I guess I must have been good at it. Okay, um, yeah, and I can see that. So, I, I, I had a playing hiatus for a while where I didn't play any role playing games at all for for many years, and then I came back to it. When I came back to it, I just found I just wasn't that good at it anymore. And I think, I, oh. I, no, seriously, I, I think I work too hard at it now. You know, instead of just making things up as I go along, yeah, I spend all this time working up these, you know, complexly realized environments and everything. And honestly, as a player, I don't need that. You know, I, I don't, you know, the bad guy, I don't care what his grandmother did for a living. You know, I'll never meet her. You know, but that's the sort of thing that I would work up. I mean, I'm exaggerating. I don't. I didn't do no, that. No, no, no. Sure, but, I got it. And so the last thing I tried to DM was a Call of Cthulhu campaign, and okay. I was boring myself. <laughs> no. Yes, I mean, it, I would have fun preparing mm-hmm. to play. I would have a great time preparing to play, and then we'd sit down at the table. And I, I think we probably played three sessions, and the last two sessions, my friends were being kind to me. Because, like I said, the I just, it wasn't interesting for me, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't interesting for them either, because they didn't much complain when I decided to, to stop. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, no. <laughs> no, seriously. Like I said, I myself was bored. You know, I was like, uh... I had I had a, I had a lot more fun preparing the scenario than I did playing yeah. or, or running it. You know, okay. it was almost like I didn't want their filthy hands on my beautiful scenario, you know, <laughs> running through my scenario scenario with their shoes on and, and, and peanut butter all over their fingers, you know. Well, is that something you could ever do? Could you write, um, you know, the, like cam- campaigns or, you know, I don't know, could you write something and, and hand it off to someone? Do you think you could do that, Maybe. like relinquish that control? Yeah, you know, I think I could. Um I, okay. I, I've I've done a little bit of that with uh you know when I was working the twelve to midnight I I wrote a little I wrote a little bit a very little bit. That's what I thought. So and that was fun. I I thought hey, this is this is cool. So maybe I could do that someday, or maybe someday I will re- regain the flexibility of mind that I had as a teenager and just sit down and make crap up as we go along, and people will just follow. You know. I don't know. I think that'd be a blast. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I, maybe someday I'll, I'll I'll run a game for us all, and you guys will probably all get so annoyed with me. But. <laughs> <laughs> okay. To, to to wrap up, if there is one piece of advice you could give to the DMs of the world as as a player, what would it be? To to the DMs as a player. Yeah. Um. Ooh. You're, you're giving advice to the. To, to the to the dungeon masters and game masters and referees of the world. I think it's just it's always like I referenced this earlier. It's always going to be to to strike that balance between develop it just enough that you you know what punches you want to hit, but beyond that, remain loose and breezy with it, yeah. like so that you can just you can give your players 
You can give your players a good arc to go with, but you can step out of the way and let them do their thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that makes it enjoyable for them. And I think then as a DM, you'll probably be pleasantly, well, hopefully mm. pleasantly surprised at what they come back at you with. Yeah. If not, maybe, maybe find a new group. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Just... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. What about you? What do you think? Mine is, is very similar. I, I, I would just say don't over-prepare. Mm, and okay. um, I know there's there, there, there are two, two schools of thought on this. But uh, mine is, yeah, just prepare the little bit that they're going to see that night. And then, like you said, be flexible. You know, you, yeah. you don't have to plan what's beyond the mountain range. You know, right. if they're starting out in a little logging town... Just sketch out the logging town with a few yeah. with a few little things, and then just make the rest up as you go. Learn from my mistake. Don't over prepare <laughs> and fall in love with your with with your gorgeous little setting, and uh, and then get all sore when people not knock go. things over. Yeah, you gotta you gotta let it go. Yeah. Now a brief solo of a featured player in today's episode, Trey's Clicky Pin. If I have to listen to it, so do you.